five, four, three, two, one. All right. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Mosby Learning Podcast. If you can believe it and you've been listening along, this is episode 20. Uh, We've been at it now for 20 full episodes, and this is the 20th episode that we have. My name is Adam Kostics. I'm calling in from Dallas, Fort Worth. And I got got nobody with me. I'm trying to think of a good place to say not the wow. panhandle of Texas, but close. There. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Eli Morant from the Great Lakes State, Michigan. Yes, the Great Lakes State. You know, it's actually pretty funny. I gave Gibbs a hard time this week. Uh, we were in a training class, and I was giving her a hard time that every time we do this podcast, she comes up with a different location. So uh, that is uh, probably why. So nobody knows exactly where she lives. And for those who are listening, as you hear, Dan is not... In this episode, we gave him a little bit of PTO this week. I know he's out there on Twitter right now. I just saw him tweeting about a bunch of things. So when he's not doing this, he is tweeting about learning and development. And I also thought we could uh, spend, you know, really probably in the next 15, 20 minutes going back into his ATD capability from last week. Yeah, what and was up with that freaky pist- uh, pister? <laughs> what was up with that freaky picture of him on our notes page? Yes. Well, did you listen to the episode last week? Sure. Oh, right. yes, well, it was you. rough. I mean, he... yeah, I heard you made fun of me. Who, me? Yes. I. I, I you must be mistaken. Uh, I make <laughs> and, and I make fun of everybody. Um, and I don't know why Dan was so ashamed. I think uh, he came out much more well-rounded and more balanced than I did. Um, I definitely dipped down when it came off that first. Uh, the first leg of the stool. I definitely uh, have lots of room to grow when it comes to the uh, the second and third models that we went through. Yeah, it was actually. I thought it was a really good conversation. I think it, it, we're going to circle back. I think, you know, coming up episodes. I think that that is something we're going to continue to talk about, especially as ATD continues to push that. So. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more through ATD of them talking about that capability model. And really gives just to, to kind of recap, to bring you up to speed, uh, Eli and Dan had the opportunity to take that new ATD capability model, which is, I believe, what did we say, 56, thir- no, 30-some capabilities and 150, 180 yeah, I mean, there's, there, there was a discrepancy on there. It was either 150 or 189 actual uh, skills that were reviewed. Yes. Um, so what did they do? They test you, or uh, you give a self-assessment? Okay. It's like one, I know very, very little. To I am an expert, and then oh. uh, being five, and then you would you would rate yourself on the one to five scale. Um, so do you guys think you were harder on yourselves than you actually were, or? Uh, no, uh, Dan, Dan uh, grades himself harder than I grade myself. Uh, I'm a little more of a, like I said, if it's a 50-50, like if it was two and a half, I would give myself a three, where if Dan were to put himself at a two and a half, he'd, he'd give himself a two. So we probably scored um, Ooh, within the margin of error. So, yeah, so a lot was, of subjectivity, uh, it sounds like, of what each score really meant. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, when, when we yeah. got into – the the details the details and the and the you know there was three definite parts three distinct parts and the first part I scored myself higher on and then uh, the bottom fell out when I got to parts two and three uh, <laughs> but you, like we mentioned yesterday like we mentioned last week it was um, if you scored yourself high across the board across all three you are uh, the pariah of, of, of a training individual because not only can you lead in the classroom and are you perfect in reading a room but mm-hmm. you can also know all the theories you know how to communicate that all to uh, business units you know meditation mm-hmm. uh, meditation was, was a things, big one that was actually a, mm-hmm. in a question was how well you know meditation um, yep. How much how you use depth. meditation in a, Zero. Uh, in a in a classroom, <laughs> which was unbelievable. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it it ran the gamut from your frontline teacher, or frontline teacher trainer in a classroom to high level C uh, CLO, uh, moving and shaking on getting yeah. you know training systems going. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. Gibbs, you're going to have to take it after this episode. I'll pass it. 
All right. I'll pass it. It wasn't pass fail. <laughs> so speaking of everything. There you go. And you can be a guru of training. But you just so said of guru- that you don't do meditation. And that was one of the things in one of the questions. I don't. Yeah, I don't do meditation. Oh, well, no. maybe you should start. You should start doing it in class. So, so speaking of g- being a guru of training, Eli, what have you been working on? So let's kind of take a take a step back here before we kind of dive into some headlines and some big articles here. Um, you know, one of the things that we don't talk about is you know what we're doing at our day job. And I know we talk about financials and we talk about some different things, but what are some big projects you're working on right now? Um, you know, one of the things that I'm working on right now is uh, our main system that our customers use is being redeveloped and revamped. So uh, I work on creating tutorials and learning the new systems and tutorials and making it for the front end, you know, users to be doing, doing that. And it's being broken down piece by piece. So that's one of the things I've been working on. Um, also, we do what we call semi-annual reviews. Uh, so each of the trainers on my team, we own a handful of classes anywhere between 10 to uh, 20 courses that we teach or classes that we teach and you've got to go through them run them through by the business units make sure that uh, everything in them is accurate and portrayed the way that they want it to be and you know sometimes it's rubber stamped yeah this is exactly the way we want it and the other's like why does it look like this well you told us this is how you wanted it last time uh, but yeah now it's garbage let's change it so you got to reinvent the wheel with the with the same material and you're doing that with the business? Yeah, we work with the business units. Uh, you know, we've got a uh, usually like a liaison that we are have a point person we work with to help develop and review that training material to make sure that it meets the needs of what they need it for. So that's uh, those uh-huh. are due. They're due on uh, February fifteenth and August fifteenth. So those are our dates oh. we picked. Oh wow, August fifteenth. Um, so, yes. Oh. Well, so, What's wrong with August fifteenth? That's like a long time. That that's like amazing. Well, no, the the, the these ones no, that are working on now are due in February fifteenth. Yeah, but you said August fifteenth for something else. No, yeah, they're, they're, they're semi-annual, right? So they're due the first. They're 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 two checkpoints throughout the year: one in February and one in August. Oh. Okay. So, so uh, does that look at your like maintenance also for those courses, or is it just overall? How's the course working? Both. Um, so maintenance, well, making sure that it's up to date. We do, uh, as things change, we update them on the fly and, and make sure that they're up to date, but also, you know, sometimes things fall through the cracks, um, and things change without us being in direct contact with the business unit that, that, that never got formalized on, uh, on anything we received. So we just make sure that everything's, everything's upright and, uh, in a good standing order. So that's a lot of what I've been doing, uh, as of late. Yeah. That's a fantastic cadence, actually, to, to be able to do that and where your businesses know that it's coming on two specific dates, mm-hmm. right? February 15th, we have to get it done. We're going through these 10 courses. You're going to sign off on them again. And then, you know, August 15th, we're going to do it again. And I mean, it's a really good, that's a really good best practice. We used to do it quarterly and it just got to the point where, you know, you, it was really difficult. So now we've got, you've got that six yeah. month period to get those done. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know, it gives you a, a good leeway to get it done, but also because we do a good job of staying on top of that material, uh, if something does change, make sure it's it's done. But we always we always make at least one focused look every six months to make sure uh, that it's in it's in good standing order. So, um, in your business, the, the the line of business, they they're good with that. I mean, you're getting kind of feedback, and they're. They're yeah, in this I mean, cadence? They'll, they'll come to us. We've, we've built the relationships that if they need something, they're coming to us anyways. Um, and it's just our way to get come back at them and say, hey, you know, you've come with us with the new stuff or you come with us with the changes. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that the stuff that you're not seeing on a um, on a regular basis is, is exactly the way you want it to be. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, sometimes until you get a lot of it backlogged <laughs> and then you got to. And then you got to redo it all, right? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit. Gibbs, I know you've been working on uh, a new project without going into like details of all a the financial boring parts. Um, I know you've been launching a new program here the last couple of weeks. Okay. So give me code, is it? Because <laughs> there's two projects. <laughs> the, the one you launched this last two weeks that you finished today. 
Uh, well, it's not finished because nothing's ever finished, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I could I I, I could take that. And, and Eli, I wanted just some of your uh, your opinions on this and, and seeing if you're doing anything too. So um, we just launched a a program. So we took some sales training, and in the previous world, it was kind of a crash course. It said, "Hey, you know what? You come in, you start at the company. We do it as an event." And you get trained and you get everything. And recently just redesigned, and this is what Gibbs has been working very hard on, the one project that she finished today, is we redesigned it that a lot of your basics are done and preloaded. So what I mean by that is they're doing webinars before they come to the event. They're doing self-learning before they come to the event. And then when they come to the event, in theory, hearing stuff that it all built on the foundational things. So they don't have to do settings in a system. They don't have to, it won't be the first time they're seeing the system. They can go a little bit more in depth. Yeah. That's um, a, that's a good way to lay that foundation to get some of the things out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the pleasantries, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always like it when learning anything, right? Get my hands on it, get, Give me a version of where I can uh, get a hold of something and then talk to somebody about it. Because sometimes you go in blind, you're, you get distracted by one, two, or th- three things, and uh, you're not able to focus and see what really can makes it tick. So uh, that's yeah. a that's a good idea. Yeah, and I think it worked. I mean, you know, when we first went down this path, you know, it's always one of those like, hey, we, we've always done it this way. And, and, and admittedly, they, they were doing great. They were doing fantastic. But it was like, hey, we're going to really try to change this up. And when you think about that event training, it, it goes to an event. How much do they retain? They ha- they're overwhelmed. They have so many things. And so now by extending it two weeks, I think, you know, Gibbs, I think it went pretty good this week, these yeah, last two weeks I for mean, a pilot. I think, um, you know, it, it was definitely a, a quick turnaround. I think there was, you know, a lot of different emotions over the last several weeks. I think today we were all, you know, all of us who've been working on it were pretty much to the point of exhaustion, to the point I came home and took a nap. But <laughs> You forgot which project you were working on. Yeah, yeah no, I knew what project. I just didn't know which of the two you want me to talk about. But um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it, it's kind of funny because, you know, and I'm sure you get this too, Eli, it's like up to it. You're like, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm freaking out. It's kind of stressful. You know, we have this part. We have that part. Do we have all the parts? And people keep sending us, you know, different changing it up on us and just a, a, a little bit of chaos and stuff. And then, you know, when it happens, it's like, you, you know, I think everyone gets that stress over where you want it to be perfect. Um, I relish, bec- the, I relish when the lights go on, right? When, yeah. you, when, when you, when you're up on, I, I like, all right, all, everything you did up to that point is, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't like, yeah. you just, you, you got to deal with way, with the way it is. My, uh, my wife, uh, to kind of put some, to different spin on it. My wife, uh, in, Part of one of the things that she does is she helps coordinate weddings. Okay. Ooh. And oh, that one sounds of the like a brutal job. It it is what it isn't. Um, <laughs> she's like hands off, like but she kind of gives okay. advice because we she works with the the venue, right? So, okay. um, one of the things that that she has heard and she passes along is like to 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 the bride and groom is always like whatever goes wrong or whatever doesn't happen the way that you thought it was, you're the only one mm-hmm. that knows. Yep. Everybody else, all the, everybody else that sees it that doesn't know. So, yeah. We so had that like if something doesn't go the way you week. thought it did, you're the only one that's going to be able to tell if it happened or not. So just do, do your mm-hmm. best and, and, and make the most of the moment. And uh, that's how you're going to really going to learn whether that rule is really needed in the first place or not. Right. Yeah, like, Oh, think... I didn't do this one thing. It's not perfect. But if it's, mm-hmm. Oh wait, I didn't do that. And I was stressing over it, and it actually might have turned out better. You know, so, like, yeah, that, sometimes that, that's good for it. Well, and I think I've done enough pilots through the years, et cetera, where I, I know it's, you know, it's a learning experience for everyone. But, you know, we had some, some people, who, you know, this was kind of their first time. They're not, you know, they're they're not part of the learning and development world. So, for them, it, it was, you know, a little scary. 
um, and stuff. And so, you know, but it, I think, you know, there's some fine tuning we have to do as always. And I, but overall, you know, I think it was a good success and we got some yeah. really, you know, in fact, the funny thing is right now, as we're talking about, I just got forwarded an email. Say, yeah. yeah. I just got forwarded an email from a participant, uh, sent to one of, uh, my trainer saying, you know, it was awesome and a great experience. So, you know, oh, you got that a smile makes sheet. it all worth it. Yeah, that it smile makes it are all good. worth it. Um, and they, they, you know, and I'll be honest too, we were very, very blessed to get a great pilot group that, you know, and, that and makes to a have such an open and great pilot group that, you know, we're just fantastic. And so that helped it along the way too, because, you know, when you, when you get a tough audience, it, it can get, you, you know, it can make it not go so well. But, you know, I think of, it, it's funny how emotions can play such a big part. You know, I think I do this thing. Uh, I do Camp Gladiator, which is a boot camp um, here in Texas. Well, it's actually in about seven or eight states. But we do this thing every July called uh, CG Games. And it's kind of like the boot camp Olympics. Um, you know, and I, this will be my third year in a row. But last year I had to really learn a lesson because I was freaking out. I was freaking out right before it had to happen. Like the first half an hour, I was just like, oh, my God. And then when I did it, I just did it. And it was just like a normal workout. But the intensity, the stress and everything in, f from my mind and my own self-conscious, you know, puts I put so much pressure on myself. And it, I could for some reason, it made me think of that these last two weeks um, of how we sometimes we we make it more stressful than it really needs to be you know when you just, you know yeah just gotta jump into it um you know one of the other things that that i'm really excited about the program and you know everybody kind of jumped into it is we went from you know i mentioned the event but we were actually able to make the entire course blended learning and you know, to take sales course that, you know, a lot of times just that rally of, hey, it's going to be great. And here's a couple of things. But to get salespeople really bought in on the, hey, here's some self-learning. Here's some webinars. Now you're coming to your event. And here's some learning after that you can go to. Um, I thought that was a big win. Are you guys doing any of that at, over where you work, Eli? To really yeah, kind of I mean, broaden we have, that. We have kind of... Uh... For, for the division that I work for, with which is with the salespeople, right? So I'm in the uh, – that's mainly what I do. Um, so let's say a new loan officer starts with us, right? They yeah. have – they get a uh, – aside from just the working for a bank, you have to take all of these compliance courses. Um, they also uh, have yes. some introductory, <laughs> introductory to our systems, um, the who's yeah. who's and things of that nature. Um and then they have a we have a do a a webinar a dual webinar where we yep. walk them through uh, the 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 site the the, the uh, programs they're going to be using on a daily basis, right? And then they come in for a week. Uh, nice. So they're staggered, you know, out anywhere from four to one week before they get to us for that live training. Um, <laughs> so some folks they get more time so playing in the system do? before they come in. What do they so that's what they do the three weeks in between? Uh, yeah. Aside from working on is their business, that, but so is that structured or is there like a mentor or someone guiding them or is it just all on the? A lot of it's a lot of a lot of the the e learnings are self paced. Um, usually we try to get them into the uh, introductory stuff as soon as they can. So that first week we try and mm -hmm. get them. Hey, oh here, let's let me show you where everything's at live with the trainer. And then they're working with their manager uh, as their mentor up until the point that they come to see us. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. funny. Um, you know, I just onboarded another employee uh, on our team. I felt horrible because I didn't have any kind of onboarding plan besides, hey, why don't you get your compliance knocked out? And uh, there's a, we'll put it in the show notes and it'll be on the uh, mosby.ca this episode 20, but I'll put the, the, a comic strip by Clint Clarkson. I don't know if you guys see those ones. Uh, he, he writes all those L and D comics, and I felt so bad because I did that to the new hire. I was like, "Great, thank you for starting. 
glad you're here. Knock out your compliance. In the cartoon, basically shows eight in the morning. The person you know sitting at the desk, click, 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 and each like hour goes by. And by the end of the day, they're at four thirty in the afternoon, and they're you know heads down, and they're just still clicking away. Yeah, I did that to a new hire recently. They're, uh, um, it's brutal. Recently, um, I mean, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> Wait, three, I think that happened to me three and a half years ago when I started okay. with you too. Yeah, I'm still doing it. Still doing it. Get it out. What was that, Eli? It's uh, it, it's one of those necessary evils that, like, I mean, there. It's something that has to be done. It's the best time to do it, right? I mean, there is no best time, oh, yeah. but if there is a best time, it's before uh, you're busy with projects, right? And you're still like. Trying to you know, mm-hmm. make sure you float upright in the water. Um, why don't you knock these out and kind of become familiar with your environment? You know, think of it this way: like, uh, do you guys have tropical fish? Do you ever have a fish tank? Uh, I had what? I had a goldfish. Okay, so you bring them home from the store, right? And they give you that bag, that, that blowed-up bag, yes. and you set it in the water, right, to acclimatize itself to the water that you have in your own tank. That's kind of what you do the first week on a job when they sit you there and have you do your compliance training, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of mm-hmm. – not only are you taking the training, but you're also kind of getting a feel for the environment that you're, you've been dropped into. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean – Absolutely. It's very, very, very few people on their first day in the job are they pitching a project – um, <laughs> that's going to change and, 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 uh, going to change what's going on there. So, uh, they usually got to find their legs before they do that. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, well, and, and once you get going, it's, it's hard, right? And especially because some of the compliance courses we have this past two quarters. Yeah. Yeah, they take a while. They take a while. It's one of those things. (laughs) One of those things to get done, but in the same sense, they're very important. Um, So, kind of switching gears here. Let's 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 talk about some headlines. Let's talk about some things that are going on in uh, the L and D world, or just some random headlines here. You know, one of the articles recently. I know everybody's been trying to fly all over the place, go to different areas. I know what I will not fly on is a Boeing 737 Max. That, oh, that is a, no, da- not a dangerous plane. Like it, I, I know, I know they're grounded right now. But even when it comes back, I'm not flying on one of those things. Uh, and Eli, you brought an article. I think we started to get into it last week about Boeing here, and uh, talking about there's their simulator training. <laughs> is this a continuation? It's just well, continuing there's, there's, on. Well, the. The same articles there, and then the one that, that we have listed below that, where it's just designed by clowns. Boeing employees ridicule the 737 Max regulators uh, in regulators on internal messages. Um, and uh, going through that article, um, you know what they always say, like uh, you know, a craftsman should never be, you know, is always the first one to, to demonstrate their material. These people are like, I wouldn't put my family on one of these planes. That is frightening. So help me understand why, what is wrong with these planes? Um, they're crashing. Uh, they're crashing? So they're, they're, they're crashing. Did you so not hear about the 730? Was, crashing. So yeah. two of them have crashed in last year. Uh, and they're okay. a very, very, very new plane. So what happened is Boeing said, hey, uh, to all the, the companies that, that bought these planes from them, Hey, you know the great thing about why you should buy these planes is because your pilots are going to use need very little training to go from a 737 standard to the 737 Max. In fact, all they're really going to need to do is take a few tablet courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not working very well as two planes have crashed and 346 people have died. Um, and you may say two two planes being crashing, not you in particular, Gibbs, but you as mm-hmm. the general audience going, two plane crashes, that's that's not a lot. Well, plane crashes are pretty rare these days. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. when, to the point where uh, a few weeks ago, I know the circumstances were a little bit different. Uh, the, the plane that was destroyed in Iran, everyone immediately thought that it wasn't a crash because they're so rare. Like, they checked to see, was it a 737 mm-hmm. Max? And it's immediately when they knew it wasn't, they were like, well, it probably didn't crash. Mm-hmm. So to have two of a, of a new plane crash very recently, 
that's not a good look. And it sounds as, as if the employees for Boeing, these messages have come out, it sounds as if they weren't very confident in their product from the very beginning. Either. No. In fact, one of them said that the plane was designed by clowns who in turn are supervised by monkeys. So what is, are they saying, so are they saying what the issue is that they're crashing? Uh, not in particular. They haven't isolated it or at least haven't made it public. Uh, but they are saying that they are going to, it's the, it's going to go to simulator now as opposed to tablet training courses. To, well, it's, uh, so they're saying the pilots aren't trained well enough. That's why they're crashing. That's, so they're changing. That is the, yes, that is part of it. So there, yeah. there's a couple things. So from mm. from what I've read um, in other articles, there's a couple things that are wrong with it. Uh, apparently, there's some design flaws. And then there's also some training flaws. So they did not train people that there's overrides in the system nor how to override it. So mm. the plane will automatically... And again, now we're talking a little bit about my head, but it will automatically overcorrect and point the nose down. And they weren't training the pilots on what to do when the plane automatically does that. Um, and that's, I think, the Ethiopian one or one of the other ones, that was one of the main reasons yep. that the plane autocorrected and basically nose dive down. And they, you know, overall, they went the cheap way and boeing said you know we we're not you don't need to train your pilots you don't need to train them and could they have saved maybe maybe but there's engineer issues but they also think that it was because they kind of cheaped out on the training uh. not good they said they won't though these planes won't fly in 2020 but um 2021 they may come up to be uh ungrounded yeah, I'm not. I'm not flying on it. Is there any web? So I was just thinking, you know, is like, like, what's the background history of, you know, like, what was the whole training project plan? What whole ADI process did they follow to decide that tablet training was going to be good enough? Well, Ooh. that might go to Gagne's. Uh, or I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but uh, or was it? You know, we, it was a we need the training built in three weeks. Well, I, I think I it was more it was of cost. a sale. It was part of the sale. Uh -huh. It was part of how they sold these planes to these airlines. They said, yeah. "Hey, you know that one of the you know features and benefits, right? One of the features of this plane is that." Uh, it's very, very similar to the seven regular standard 37. The benefit is that you're not going to have to do spend a lot of money on training when it comes to for your pilots. And those company, those airlines bought it, and now they're sitting with a fleet of planes that are grounded that won't won't see the air. Probably never go anywhere. It's possible. It'll be like the yeah. old. Um, so in California, you know, we have uh, what we call the the mothball fleets. Where all the uh, ships from old Navy ships from the wars are all stationed. Um, and there used to be, I don't know if it's still there, but when I was a kid, when you crossed the bridge, there would be anywhere, be, there were about 20 or 30 old battleships that were, were just stationed there. And that's where they were retired. Just there forever. Yep. That's, that's going to be the Boeing 737 MAX. So they could have a mothball fleet. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everybody is. Southwest invested a ton of them on there. Um, speaking oh, well, of good thing they had a uh, record year again. They did, they but I think I think they're going to be in trouble because I know they're canceling flights. Uh, but speaking of investments, let's talk about some training trends to look out for 2020. So there's an article by Training Journal. I actually found this a little bit interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this. It, it basically would. talks about it. What's that? <laughs> I said you I, I would. would. <laughs> I did find it interesting because I disagree with some of the training trends for 2020. I, oh, okay. I don't know. Okay, I... I, I I, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. What do you I mean? I thought you were like I thought you were on board with all, all these things, but you disagree with. I them? was not. I do because the number one training trend that they talk about is full oh, venue God. events. And well, you oh, know, I thought you were going to bring up micro learning. I was like, here we go. Well, no, I'm all no, on micro learning. Uh, yeah, micro learning's in there, but I, I, I thought it was I interesting. Saw it and I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> that one I do agree with. Um, 
I thought it was interesting for full venue events. And they're talking about, you know, 2020. Look, I know the economy is doing well. And, you know, obviously when companies do well, they spend money. But I don't know if full venue events are coming back in vogue as much as they were in the past. I know companies are doing it when you have money, but they're talking about the benefits of hosting full venue events as one of the big trends kind of going forward. Um, so it's like bell bottoms. Know. Everything is cyclical and comes well, back. But, yeah, but you got to think money. of it this way, Adam, is is the modern workforce, right? To harp on that. So the modern workforce is more distributed than ever. You got people True. working it from home. You got people from working, uh, you know, in, in satellite locations and things like that. So a full venue event is one of the few times you can bring everyone to to actually uh, see eye to eye and, and get things done. So that might be more of why this is a trend, and they don't really go into it in mm. this article, but because yep. if you have such a distributed workforce that you need to take advantage of times to actually get your folks together. Oh, that's good. I it's kind of going the opposite of what I was thinking. I was thinking about it like being, you know, the old school where you bring everybody together for rallies and everything like that. But I guess I, I do see your point because now, you know, people and employees are feeling more isolated mm-hmm. and probably not working together. So, all right, all right, all right. I can, I can agree with it. So um, I just came around school. on this one just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so old school, because you know Dan always says I'm an old lady. Um, one you of the ways I, yourself, so. I grew the most, and and here it comes. Here it comes. Be ready, Eli. H- HSBC. Yes. One of the okay. ways I grew okay. the most at household HSBC was because. At least once a year, the whole HSBC household learning and development team, well, the leadership team, we got together and went to our corporate headquarters in Chicago and spent a week together and had seminars and workshops and we did philanthropic events. And I got to learn from my colleagues in, you know, I was in auto at that time, so I got to learn and meet learning and development folks from mortgage, from credit card, from insurance, from retail, from all the different areas um, from HSBC. And then we also, once a year, our actual team, because auto was smaller, so we were part of credit card and retail, we, the whole teams would fly up. Uh, one time it was to Virginia, and our time it was in San Diego, and we'd spent three or four time, days together. Um and then, you know, we got to go to a lot of professional workshops and stuff. But that that's definitely where I got most of my growth. That's where my teams really became a performing team. Um, and, you know, and that really built a lot of the emotional intelligence. Yeah. And I can see, you know, from a team building perspective, you know, interestingly enough, from my former HSBC days, I actually talked with uh, one of my old division uh, district managers yesterday who, you know, we went through lots of those town halls together and we went through those things and we just actually synced up. He's in Fort Worth now. Um, so we were talking about a couple of things. So what's old is new. You can wear your bell bottoms, get them out for work tomorrow. Um, the other one, they were talking a little bit about online and virtual learning solutions. I think we all agree that those are going to keep coming, right? Webinars, live, pre-recorded. Um, they also For go the a little, little bit into well, high... The, the first one, right? Because he's distributed workforce. Distributed workforce. Yeah. It, you know, they kind of broke it down and talked about video meeting technology. Um I don't know, Eli, how about in your company? You know, I, I've worked for a couple of different companies. The company I currently work for does not do a really good job for our remote employees. Like we don't do, we do conference calls. We sit in the room. We barely ever even remember to dial the other people in. Uh, if they're not integral parts of the meeting, uh, we kind of have a poor etiquette of if you're not in the room, you're not going to hear anything. Um, we talk over each other just because we're, we're so not used to video meeting technology. A previous company I worked for was more global, and they were really good about it. How's your company now? How do you guys use video when you guys are doing meetings? It's becoming a focus. Um, oh, one of the, the our company just crossed over to where we have more employees that work outside of our corporate headquarters than work inside. That's for for our company. Mm-hmm. That's that's new. Uh, it's a new place to be. So we've got to become more conscious of those types of items. So uh, there's beginning to be in some of the bigger conference rooms, they're getting one of those, the high-tech cameras are being uh, 
added to those rooms. Um, so that's being a big focus. The other thing too is the, the the biggest way to make sure that you don't overlook somebody on that call is to have them as a video presence. If you don't have them as a video presence, they get looked over and glanced over 100%. Um, I know one of the things that we do is from a training perspective is we, at all costs, we avoid uh, mixing virtual and live classes together because of that exact fact that person who's on the call oh, yeah. come dialing in is <laughs> is it gets completely lost That's so terrible. unless it's unless it's absolutely there's no other way around it um we'll we'll, we'll do it but it's it's a, as a training discipline we try to avoid it but yeah it's something that we're it's a focus right now to become um more cognizant of that person who's not in the room um yes. and to make sure that uh those offsite employees aren't feeling overlooked um, and left out. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing classes does not work at all. Nope. <laughs> it's very challenging. It's, it's, it, and it's, I, it, on the surface, yeah. it looks incredibly efficient, but it is a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, a remote team member. Uh, she's in, you know, a lot of our meetings and, uh, you know, I find myself just even doing meetings and I, I feel so bad because I'm like, Hey, you weren't speaking up. She's like, cause you're all in the room and oh, you're talking. That's so funny. <laughs> we had that conversation she, about you last night. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm pretty horrible with it. I need to change that actually. And, uh, think about it, but I do the same exact thing with meetings. And if you don't really think about it, then you, you feel you know, you forget that that person's trying to hear and then they're hearing multiple voices. And it, it's not that you're forgetting that they're there, but you end up having a conversation without them completely there. Well, it well also, if it more than one person cause... is talking, just like right now, uh, they don't hear anything. Mm-mm. Yep. Well, and it was funny because it, it wasn't like that you for, forgot her. It was just hilarious because it, we were talking about that last night. It was more so he thought something was wrong with me and there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why aren't you speaking up? Yeah. You know? She felt all you know, bad. Why aren't you talking? Like, I thought I was upset or something. Yeah. I was like, no, it's just Adam. <laughs> no, it's just me. No, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's definitely a hard thing when, when they're doing that. So it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that continues. And, you know, all right, I can get behind this article. I'm going to go back and say, you know, when I started off, I didn't think good about the article. You got me on two. I think full venue events are coming. I think this video meeting technology is coming. And then the third one that I really kind of poked out here is micro learning. Um, I'll talk about micro learning a little bit. But ooh, yes. ooh, <laughs> this is my favorite one. Yes. You know why? It has what? Adam math in it. <laughs> did you like that? Did you did you did you catch it? Yeah, yeah. One I, person. I like of, how we completely skipped over actionable coaching, or are we not there yet? Yeah, we're that talking was like about micro learning. I know, but we completely skipped over actionable coaching. It's kind of how my mind works. I go like one, three, five, two. <laughs> And yes, but, I did catch the math on there. The the math that you guys are referring to. Holy cow! embarrassing. How do they how do they get about, by the editors? <laughs> so, the math that Eli's kind of talking about, and you guys can read this article yourself. Um, it talks about an industry analyst, Josh Burson, and the average employee can only allot one percent of his or her daily schedule to training. It's only twenty four minutes each day. One percent. That's, that's yeah. less time than it took me to do my core workout tonight. But the 1% in the 24 minutes, uh, it's not adding up exactly there. No, so I think it was a typo. I think I, <laughs> I think it was a, a 10% there. But even that, All right, what's, that's, that's not even 10%. Well, like, it's 10% that's, of I just, their day. I just, I, just, I just did like, okay, 10%. But that's one minute for every hour right is the way that they just did this 24 minutes each day but even if you go from their work day right so one percent how many minutes do you have in in a work day so uh 240 yes right so one per so yeah that's 10 percent <laughs> <laughs> all right Good. well Good. so the math's wrong I, but amazing i, I saw it i, mean, but I will, Adam yeah. math. 
Yeah, the math is bad, but the micro learning is not. And, and micro learning is another trend on there. What's the one that you were just talking about, Gibbs? Actionable coaching. Okay. If you scroll all the way back up, it's number two. Oh, yeah. Right after full venue events. Yes. And you think actionable coaching is a trend here in 2020? I hope it is. Why? I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I'm saying it is. I'm saying this article says it is. Yes. Yeah. And so basically the article is talking about 2020 actionable coaching, no substitute for one-on-one training between employees and managers on a daily basis. Um, building relationships with the employees and positive feedback when appropriate. But I think it's coming. Second sentence, it says, for this reason, it is highly likely that many companies will begin adopting actionable coaching techniques. Yes. And on form of manager management. Ooh. Yeah. I don't like the next paragraph, but okay. <laughs> Why don't you like mm. the next paragraph? I didn't know. I mean, I don't, so I read the, these articles and now I can't find it because the artificial, sorry, I'm tired. The artificial intelligent one, you know, is at the bottom of this page. And then another one said that EI is so important. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, they're saying artificial intelligence is huge of us working and learning for robots, but we all need EI. So how do you get EI with robots? And a silence comes across. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, sure. Are we, are we editing? <laughs> so we may need to edit that part out. I, I was just thinking, I was like, it's so funny how they're like, we really need to work on emotional intelligence and, you know, making sure people feel this and this and this. And then, you know, then it's always like robots will be doing, will be helping you with all your work and doing some of your work in the future. But robots have no EI. I don't know how uh, emotional intelligence is going to come into to robots there from uh, my fights sometimes with Alexa, because I tell Alexa to set a timer. I didn't catch that. Set the timer, Alexa. Alexa, off. And, I, and we yell at each other. And my kids start yelling at Alexa. Um, there's definitely no emotional intelligence from her. Well, and they're not trustworthy at all. So, you know. No. Not at all. But, you know, what's interesting on this article, talking about artificial intelligence in 2020, uh, you know, Eli, I know we can't probably trust the math on it, but it talks about a 2018 study by Oracle of Future Workplace. 93% of workers claim they would trust orders from a robot. Yeah, what the heck? That's I don't think I would. Frightening. That's frightening. Frightening? Yeah, we'll chalk that one up to uh, possibly not the right percentage points there, but I thought that was just a little bit interesting on uh, those different training trends for 2020. That's from uh, so is that Journal an magazine. EI thing because robots aren't emotional, so that's why they would trust robots because they're more more factual and logical when people they feel they can't trust. I don't know. Could be. I think, you know, the trust thing is going to be interesting with the, uh, artificial intelligence and what that's going to do with what's happening, you know, in most industries and most different, different places. But speaking of which, uh, you know, uh, the next article we talk about here is from training industry. And it's talking about the same thing. And I think that's where you're going with the emotional intelligence. Yeah, um, there's looking. an art. Yeah, I think this is where you kind of were talking about it. It's just agile learning strategies for the modern learner. Uh, I thought it was a, actually a really good article, but it talks about artificial intelligence as one of the big things going into modern learning and the different changes that are happening across industries. They also talk a little bit about blockchain and how blockchain is going to kind of come in there uh, in mixed reality, immersive digital experiences. And it talks a lot about how to create training for this modern learner who's going to have those different things. And there's really a couple of key takeaways of when artificial intelligence, when blockchain's coming in, you know, things are getting more complicated. You know, the, the jobs of people just working on the line, working it forward and going and, hey, you're at a printing press, do this, do that task. They're going away, you know, and, and they're being automated. So it was talking about having to create training and, 
it summed up the article. It really talked about, hey, you need to map to those individual needs because if somebody's going to be using blockchain, you have to train them to be able to do that, where it's a little bit different task than somebody working on the line. Um, and it kind of ties right into the, the, the trends in 2020 of the action coaching. And they talk about, you know, micro coaching and mentoring because these jobs are just going to be much more complex. So it's not as simple as just walk over there, click there, walk back there um, from there. So I, I thought this one was a little bit interesting also. Do y'all have any thoughts yeah, on it? I mean, this one, when an article like this one is like uh, Blade Runner to me. Like this is like way out in the future. Like I don't get it. You think so? I'm, I'm I, I, I just don't. I just think like uh, at the end of the day, and I, I might be merging this article with the next one. At the end of the day, it talks about um, no, it's this one where it talks about how the the most important piece that I pulled out of this article is that the learner is, is needs to take ownership. That was the biggest thing that I took out of this article is that the, the, the learner is it's more, it's more on the learner to make sure that they are seeking out uh-huh. change and seeking out how to keep themselves relevant versus any training that needs to be in their way. So... That they need to be able to consume that training they need to be able to conserve the knowledge and the information, they, no matter how it, it's presented in front of them. Uh-huh. That's the way that was what I took out of this article. So here's what – so I'm not the three of you by no means because oh. the, the three of you it, When anybody, say, when anybody three, says that, well, I feel like I'm going to get – No, and this is a positive, right? Oh. Um, so like the, the three of you – well, so what, you're not excluding Eli us yet. from the positive? No, so what I'm saying is um, – well, Eli doesn't know my phone number, but Dan and Adam, you know, they're constant learners and they're constantly sending stuff they're seeing or hearing, et cetera. And, and Eli, it sounds like you are too, where they're constantly, you know, going after learning and taking the initiative to learn, et cetera. So the three of you are, are the exception to the rule. Uh, but when you look at the bigger picture and the world and the culture and society as it is when I don't, I, it kind of, I don't know. It kind of scares me where they're saying the learner, they have to take their own responsibility to learn. I mean, I agree with it, but with culture and society today and the way people are, particularly Americans, it's, it's kind of scary. It's, it's survive in advance. Is, is what I see with this. Yeah, it's like it's, you need to be in yeah. charge of your your learning. You are in charge. <laughs> if, if you fall behind, it's on you. Right. Yeah, and I, well, I understand it, it, that. But, you know, the entitlement that we in this country have today, you know. Well, I'm I think. To stay I mean, nice. like, like if I was. <laughs> Portland's not going to be I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm. I'm no, well, I mean, it kind of comes down to, right? So if you're a, all right, this is a financial world, but if you're a bank teller, mm-hmm. your job's going away. If you're a truck driver, if you only got 10 years left, you're good, right? You know, I'm retiring in 10 years, you're probably good. If you have, you're a truck driver right now and you're 26 and you're like, hey, I'm a long haul truck driver. This is great. I'm going to retire doing this. You're probably screwed. You need to start revamping, reskilling yourself. It may not be tomorrow, may not be in the next five years, but Tesla's gonna buy have a truck that self-drives. Right? Uber's plan right now, if you're a cab driver and you're driving for Uber, right? You went from a cab driver, you're driving to Uber now. They want to, I mean they talk about it all the time. They do you, want do you know what's autonomous driving autonomous drivers? Yes. They're running over people. Like a right, total today, recall. We watched that movie the other day, like in Total Recall. They're running over people today, but they won't be tomorrow. <laughs> you don't know like that. Everyone will be dead because they ran over us all. <laughs> I, I think, oh, it's going to I think the, 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 the example you, you like to use, you like to use that truck driver. I I don't see that anytime well, soon. Well, yeah, the truck driver, they say, research says, well, articles I read, I don't know if it's research, are saying, you know, Truck drivers still today are the ones that deliver more than trains uh, or planes or automobiles. In this country, yes. Yes. And so truck drivers, I think, out of 
the different blue collar jobs out there are pretty dang safe. Yeah, no. I, I can't see uh, okay. that. Now, the I, cashier years at my ago. grocery store isn't. So think about this, though. Let's just go back, right? Five years ago, or okay, six years ago, you didn't have an iPhone. Sure, like you it did. didn't exist. What's up? You're like you on iPhone 97 right now. What year did it come? No. Yes. It's yes. It's been out forever. No. First yes. iPhone was released. I, was, I had a. Damn it! I was running okay. a, a technical Fine. Ten team years in ago. 2010. Yes, 2000. Okay, in ten years though, twelve years, right? <laughs> but Adam Math again. Adam Math is hashtag Adam Math is a thing. That is a no, thing. Think about it. Two, all right, twelve years ago. <laughs> The iPhone came out. Like, think about the computing power, right? Like, it's going to advance. It's advancing at a faster rate than ever. But what's in your like, phone? It may not be tomorrow. And, and, and what can drive a vehicle around other humans? It's coming. It's not, it's Tesla's but on. But you it. know, there's there's also that whole fact. You know, Tesla. Um, did you see from, the truck that they you know, designed? <laughs> some of That's some of our representatives. Say it, we're not going to be here in ten years or eleven years now, so we don't have to worry about it. That's true. So, Actually, so why you know, do I'm we need to learn? We're going to totally digress. Did you guys see <laughs> they quarantine that entire city in China today? Yeah, that's frightening. That's crazy. I see that. Yeah, I mean that the that cor- is coronavirus. Like, yes, it is basically Eat like uh, twenty-eight days later. Yeah, twenty-eight days later, the zombies are coming. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. But yes, you Don't know, at the end of the day, on zombies. I think that's the dumbest story plot on everything ever. It's the laziest story plot ever. What do you have against what? zombies? There are. How could you kill the undead? I don't get that. They're oh. already dead. How do you kill them? So you don't. If, if, so if anything has a zombie on it, like I'm immediately Game of Thrones? I'm. Oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Oh. Yeah, I that's fantasy. Wor- but but the, fantasy, the but I am legend. <laughs> no, no, the zombies are more realistic, I right? Like done. in I Am Legend, you know, I Am Legend. Will Smith could have killed the zombies. They were after him. I think he had to blow himself up at the end. Well, Spoiler, he did because it was right. the only way to kill the movie. zombies. <laughs> Get it on Netflix. But I the, think the, in the original future, version was actually better with Charlton Heston. Oh, you're so old. Okay, so. <laughs> Let's uh, let's skip over a couple last articles. I, I want to talk about the last thing here. And if, if anybody's still with us listening that Gibbs pulling back bell bottoms and Charleston Heston tonight. Uh, hey, <laughs> we'll, Charleston uh, Heston was awesome. I guess so. Um, and then for those who didn't see I Am Legend, I apologize about that. Uh, just yes, one ben last. Her. Moses. Ben Her. One last quick thing to talk about this afternoon. And, you know, I don't it's have as much. A, <laughs> it's pretty, it's dark, it's pretty really. dang dark where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to Cap Gladiator. We have a big Australian market for the Mosby Learning Podcast. I oh, think really? it is morning there. Yeah, it's morning there. Afternoon, right? Oh. 12 o'clock. I think they're um, a little busy putting out fires and stuff right now than listening they, to us. Jeez, oh my. All right. Last thing to talk about here. We're going to talk about a little bit of what does this is what happens when Dan's not here. There's no rails on the podcast. It just goes completely to hell in a handbasket right here. I am with the captain's hat. And, and you know, at the end here, we'll make fun of Canada too. So it'll be, we'll just well round it, make fun of, you know, China with, you know, that and then Australia, Canada. Let's talk about designing for accessibility. And I thought this was pretty interesting. This is a how to design for different. Um, people who you know have different ailments, right? Like how to design training for oh, autistic this is the spectrum. Big thing. Okay. Yes, this is the big thing. Talking about how to design training for people with autism. How to design training for people uh, who use screen readers. And it, it really, I like the article just because it's really simple. It has do's and don'ts. What to do with designing for users with low vision, and or even dyslexia. I thought that was interesting too. We're not, right? Uh, with where we work currently, this does not come up. We're not designing training specifically for this. Are are you dealing with that, Eli, at all? Are you going in and actually trying to design for 
for these different ailments? No, not not actively. And I, I think that's, a, again, we go back to kind of what we talked about last week, is you got to look at the sector of where we're at uh-huh. um, and, and who we are designing training material for. I don't think those two things Is this touch. school curriculum? It's school yeah. curriculum, but it's also, you know, government, government and, um, you know, different types of positions that we're not in, we're not touching. Not to yeah. say that they're not it, out there, but it's just something I don't think our worlds are going to, if you look at like a Venn diagram, we're not touching this one. <laughs> no, we definitely oh, are, but I, I, like I thought the there one was with dyslexia. What, which one? What, what part? Designing for users with dyslexia, because I probably know four people in our company who have it. <laughs> probably. We probably do. No, I think, you know, overall, well, we don't go through like in, in ours. You know, we, we don't go and, hey, how do we dis, you know, how do we design for somebody with, who's autistic? But some of the theory in it is probably just good design. Oh, right? for sure. Mm-hmm. Do do use simple te- sentences and bullets. Don't create a wall of text. You know, you see so many of those power death by PowerPoints, right? Um, you know, do for people with screen readers, follow a linear logical layout. Avoid spread content all over a page. I mean, these are pretty much design basics 101 uh, for a lot of these. To kind of bring it back full circle to earlier, you asked me what I was working on. One of the things that we're doing is we're uh, updating material. Even when the content doesn't need to be updated, the actual material that's in it, we're refashioning Mm. it to be less death by PowerPoint, more uh, like engaging uh, to the eyes. Um, So that's another thing that we're doing is we're reconfiguring you know, old standby stuff that, you know, is the same, you know, basically the same as it was, you know, four or five years ago, uh, or reconfiguring it to be more digestible to, uh, and not just, you know, everything fits in the same cardboard box. Could you say, even say that you were maybe doing it in a micro fashion? No. Oh, <laughs> no, I can't. No, you can't. All right. Emphatic. Bummer. i disagree with that um you know just before we kind of get off this this uh this article talking about accessibility i i thought there was something pretty interesting at the very bottom though designing for users with anxiety like it doesn't one and the other one too i thought was interesting well i i didn't i don't know what the other one is home office digital goal no from just the, think about our first well not our first meeting but you know some of those people's first meeting in that meeting this morning um the where it says users with physical or motor disabilities and it just t- quickly took me to fire hazard and safety of the room and electrical cords <laughs> yeah yeah, you know yeah, we had a meeting. Right? Yeah, yeah, we had a meeting this morning, and we, we were trying to fit in. Uh, we're out of space, and we're trying to fit in training classes. And we're like, "Well, we'll just you know put put training cords down. We'll put you know extension cords." And they're like, "Oh, you can't do that." I'm like, "It's it's fine. We got to get these people trained." So yeah, that is a consideration. But and I still go back to this anxiety thing. Th- this one, like, I, I'll tell you straight off the bat, is I have I, this is something I need. To, I have blinders on about. Um, as a mm. person who like, I, I don't have I don't have anxiety. I don't have, um, I it, which makes me not very empathetic to folks who do. So I, it's I something I need to be. You. I need <laughs> thanks. I need to be <laughs> extremely conscious about this because if if I don't like pause for a second, like I don't even think of this stuff because I'm just like it's. It, you just got to push through it. Like, that's just the way I am. But I, it's just not the modern learner has anxiety. <laughs> it must have anxiety. That's how the modern, I, yeah, learner, I, modern learner happened is anxiety. Well, I don't think it's just a modern learner. I think as a manager or leader, people you work with and stuff have that too. So even a, when you're coaching or managing them or leading them, you got to think of their anxiety levels too. There was a podcast I was listening to. I bet it was Joe Rogan, um, but they were talking about like where this rise in anxiety has come from. And uh, where, where is it? Yeah, I'm curious on this. Um, so what they said was that so you think about the amount of things that you're that you were subject to when you were a child, right? 
the amount of information, the amount of environment stimulation that you had. Um, Gibbs, you probably had way less than us, just given the time difference, uh, <laughs> the time span. But if you think Which about it, why I'm much more well-rounded than you are. So, but you know, all of us would fall in this category, right? Where you are able to process all of that information, right, in mm-hmm. your daylight hours, right? Yes. You were able to take it in, and it was all unindigest, even when it was um, chaotic for that time it was really digestible. Like you were able to process that before you closed your eyes and went to bed for the night. And what this gentleman was saying, I I forget what it was. I want to say that it was Dakota Meyer, um, but I'm not hundred percent positive. Um, But he was saying that he believes that it's because we take in so much stimuli throughout the day that it creates this like Mm -hmm. long line of information out the door and that we're still processing that information in our sleep and we're not getting enough sleep, deep, deep sleep that we need to rid ourselves of that uh, that information that eventually leads to anxiety. Is what, and then yeah. you're just you're, you're yeah, wired and up, and then you're always thinking are about depressed more. Exactly, because they just I take me so much information. Like yeah, I saw something exactly like that. Exactly what you were saying. Not the sleep part, but that. Um, there, we're getting so much information and because we're getting 24 hours of news all the time or it's always available at our fingerprints, fingertips, fingerprints, fingertips that, you know, a lot of people are getting anxiety, are struggling with depression, are, are losing hope and things like that. Yeah. Um, and that's where the anxiety comes from a lot. But, you know, the 24-hour news cycle goes- is that because you used to get 24 – you used to get your news – between five and seven, that's it. Yeah, I remember that. And, the, and eleven. And the newspaper. PM. And the newspaper, right? Yeah. But now it's it's on eighty-seven channels, twenty-four hours a day, and you you can't even you can't get away from it. Like, and it just yep. it, there's just so much information that when you try to shut down for the night and you are able to get yourself asleep. Right, there's still your your the machine is still running in the background, right? It's got the the processes that are running in the background digesting that information, and uh, mm-hmm. I, it's just not allowing you to completely shut it down and get the full amount of sleep that you need. Right, and well, and it's like what, what a lot of people do. The first thing that they do is wake up, check their phone, right? Check mm-hmm. their phone, check their email, check Twitter. Before they even get in the shower, before they yeah. brush our teeth. All right, with that, you know, we'll put this article on the show notes. I think it's a, it's actually a really good it, one. This, it, this I, is for a design really perspective. Unique. I think I really like this, but you know, yeah. uh, the most of the content I don't think touches the world that we work in. No, no, it's for accessibility. But if you're if you're doing accessible training and you're, you're taking that into consideration or just an instructional designer saying, you know, what are some of these things? It's a, it's a pretty darn good, um, kind of tip, tip sheet. It's not in depth. It'll take you like five minutes to read. It's pretty good and, stuff. And I think Our, you also just never know, right? I mean, we could be talking about now and in three years, this is going to be prevalent in our workforce. We don't know. I'm not sure in this way. Uh, it, it oh. could be. <laughs> Are you, you gotta kidding? Go with I'll be dry. I, like, I always love to do possibility versus probability. Like, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. We, uh, we may be working it's in It's kind of like the self-driving industry. cars. It's yeah. possible yeah. and it's probable. Uh, right? Self-driving cars. Self-driving cars. Self-driving cars. Self-driving cars. Self-driving cars. Self-driving Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just going to get there. The technology is going to get there. We'll take a gentleman's bet on this one. Uh, within the next five years, you're going to see of long the long. coronavirus in Texas. Oh, well, zombie apocalypse is coming. Yeah. We're going to all have to move to Canada with Dan. Just don't. Uh, uh, just nothing there. better with happen the, to, uh, uh, to Heart Eight Barbecue. That's all I can Duke say. Duchess. <laughs> that's Heart Eight Barbecue. Duke Duchess. Oh, yeah, it's right there in Canada, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have uh, hit it. So for those who are bared with us this uh, last hour here, hour 15 minutes. Um, with that being said, Eli, where can people contact you? Uh, Great Lakes Fly is where I'm on in my uh, recreational pursuits of fly fishing and fly tying. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. Excellent. And that's Eli Barant and Cynthia Gibbs. How can people contact you? LinkedIn with my 
almost 14,000 followers that Dubious. I to you a couple weeks ago. That's because you've been Dubious. on LinkedIn since the 70s. This is true. Um, it is true. When it was a All right, it was and, a phone and my name's. <laughs> you remember phone books? Gosh, phone books. What a, that's crazy. See, those went away too. Uh, the way of the dodo bird. All right. And my name is Adam Costa. So you can get me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way. Or if you have any questions, anything about Mosby Learning, Learning at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, everybody have a great night. Take care. Bye. Adios. Well, Eli doesn't know my phone number. Oh, for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Dan from the Mosby Learning Podcast. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you wanted to leave an unsolicited opinion, you could do that at mosbylearning at gmail.com, or you could check the show notes, mosby.ca slash zero two zero. And, uh, well, I can return your call when I get back to my desk. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Oh, shit. How do you hang this stupid thing? Oh, that's so funny.